Hello, everybody, and welcome to Today in Space. Welcome to the podcast, as always. Uh, we're releasing this episode on September 11th, and that's going to be kind of the focus of this weekend in a weird way. Um, obviously, we're honoring the people that lost their lives on this day back in 2001. I can't even... Uh, it's it's unbelievable to think that was 19 years ago and that the 20th uh, is next year. But um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to tell you about where I was that day. Um, luckily, it was I was very lucky that uh, no one close to me was affected by that. But um, basically... I just hope you're well. It's uh, it's obviously still the pandemic. We're still going through everything here. And uh, things seem to be getting better in some places. Uh, I hope you're staying staying on top of it, staying on top of your, your mental health. Um, I know I've had, I've had a weird, weird week. Uh, what, so, there's something about a shorter week, you know, having a Monday off at the beginning of it. Everything else on those four days gets compressed. And for whatever reason, that compression is way more when everyone is stressed out and, uh, for lack of a better word, losing their shit. So um, we're here, though. We're here. I've got some really fun stuff to talk about, catch you guys up on in case you haven't heard of it, and to give you my perspective on uh, Neuralink, which we will talk about. So you're probably wondering, how does 9-11 and Neuralink connect? Don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll explain that in a second. But First of all, as always, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Subscribe if you haven't already. If you're on YouTube, click on that bell so you can get the notifications when the next episode comes out. Um, we're on you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, so check us out there. Our social network, Today in Space Pod, and Instagram and Twitter. Um, we've been doing a lot of... Uh, a lot of fun stuff on there. Uh, we just had uh, another Thrifty Thursday with uh, with our good friend Quark from DS9. Um, if there's any Star Trek fans out there, um, we've got a really exciting episode coming up next week. Uh, I will talk more about this probably at the end of the episode, but but definitely, definitely make sure you're subscribed so you get the notification. Um, and of course, this podcast this podcast is made possible because of people like you sharing it with your friends. Um, that's what helps us break through the algorithm, not have to worry about an algorithm. It's the original algorithm of human beings sharing something that they like. So if you have a friend that's space-related, who likes space, who likes science, um, and even people who want to get into it but are kind of you know, uh, put off by something that's too technical. We, we try and ride that line as, as, <laughs> as close as possible about being entertaining but also scientific, so... Um, yeah, please spread the word like you have been. And of course our Etsy store, if you guys want us help support the podcast, our 3d printing lab, AG 3d printing helps make the stuff that we have here. We have on our, uh, our revived mic, uh, which is back again, once again, our shore mic. Uh, but we, we built this little end cap for our mic. It has our AG 3d logo there. We of course have been 3d printing all of our models here for today in space. We have our starship. We have our Starhopper, and our Crew Dragon spacecraft. So um, a lot of fun stuff there. Um, you obviously can check out our Instagram, AG3D Printing. On Instagram, that's where we show all our stuff. Uh, please go check that out, see what we're doing. And if you want to help uh, help support us, we've got a ton of stuff, whether you're looking for any kind of space-related stuff. we've I've got a lot. 3D printing for me is obviously a, is super passion, the fact that I do both of these at the same time, um, and even my day job has to do with 3D printing. I, I'm a tinker, I'm a maker, so I love making things, and I make things around the house because I really do think 3D printing at some point will enter all of our lives, right? Um, you'll have a 3D printer in your house just like you have a regular 2D you know, paper printer or a refrigerator, I guess, is, is maybe a little more apt of a comparison. But 
um, at some point, it will become the iPhone of 3D printers. It will become very easy for anyone to use with, with very little things that you have to do in the background. Most of it will be automated. And at that point, we cut the middleman. You know, you have materials and you, um, you, you, you're able to basically pay a designer for their designs. Like, oh, I like, like, like if you go on Ikea, you've got those peop- designers who have certain series that they put out. You can buy directly from them, print it out at home, potentially, and there, you don't even have to go to a store necessarily, or there, a huge market ends up purely digital straight to you from the person that made it. And that's what we're simulating with our, with our Etsy store. So we've got 3D printed stuff that I use all the time. Um, lately, we've been getting into board games, uh, kind of letting you pimp out your board games. Uh, as it's been explained to me, uh, that's apparently a real thing. So, uh, uh, but yeah, we, we've been playing a lot of Harry Potter board games, so the Harry Potter Hogwarts battle. Again, if you didn't know, this is a nerdy show. I figured you would since it's called Today in Space, but welcome. We're a bunch of nerds. Um, there's a lot of fun stuff out there. Go check it out, especially gifts. You want some fun gifts that aren't too expensive um, and, and fit right into that, you know, hey, I got a friend or a family member. Um, it was under 50 bucks, you can really make out with some cool stuff on the store. So that helps support the podcast. All that comes back in here, um, and it lets us talk to more people. It lets us do more, um, keep funding our fun projects, uh, just like our Galileo project, the 3D printed rocket, which... It's not on hold. Uh, I've just got a ton of things going on. So we will follow up with that. But we are going to be talking to a few people here in the future. Last week, we had Julia Kaliski back on for episode two of People of Science. That was a great episode if you haven't checked that out already. Um, And like I said, next week, we've got some great guests. So please make sure to check that out. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, uh, Netflix has a lot of good space documentaries and space movies out. That new Netflix, uh, I think it's a series, uh, Away. Uh, that looks really interesting. I haven't watched that yet. Let me know if you have. I'd love to know what you guys think of it. Um, and then there's obviously uh, some space shuttle historical uh, footage, which I haven't gotten into yet because it's going to be heavy. Um, but that's but that's on there. I def- it, and it's up there for a little bit. So uh, especially, I think if you're in the U.S., that's the case because I know Netflix is different country to country, right? Region to region. Um, anyways, I'm going off topic. Uh, but... Let's get back to it. So, um, today is September 11th, 2020, 19 years ago, the two planes hit the Twin Towers, and I remember I was in junior high, it was, my, it was in sixth grade, so it was my first week, essentially, of, of junior high, you know, I was, like, so excited, because you're going from being a fifth grader on top of the world to, oh, I'm with a bunch of older kids, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big step when you, when you go to sixth grade. And uh, we had, uh, luckily in our town, um, we had a really big influence by uh, um, some people in our town that are, Mr. Tolman, who was was basically um, helped us enter this new age of of digital. He always had a video camera. He was going around. He was always documenting historically, you know, of going around videotaping different classes. Obviously, there were waivers and stuff like that. But it was cool because he would do that, and we would have TVs in all the classrooms. So um, in junior high, there weren't as many, but there were TVs around, and and there was was whispering. Because this is, we got off the buses, and pretty much right around that time to get to school, that's when it happened. And so, you know, I think back now, because I was a kid when that happened, and just thinking about how the adults handled it was, was really, I mean, I could have been oblivious too. I, I, rem- I remember I found out, some, you know, of course the rumors with the kids started spreading around with us, and uh, you, you, heard, you heard different things. We didn't know what was happening. Um, 
our principal, Mr. Cook, brought us all into the auditorium, every, every grade, I think it was, um, and basically laid it down straight for us. Uh, he told us exactly what happened, um, that two planes had hit the towers, and that, um, you know, I guess, because my memory's not that great from back then, but I, I remember it was just nice having someone who was an adult be honest with us, but also not losing their shit. Like, to be completely honest, like, that was, that was refreshing. Um, and remember going home and, and watching um, what had happened and, and talking to my parents and trying to understand a little bit better. Um, but the, the thing that's really interesting is that, you know, even though planes, and this is really where my point comes from this week, is, you know, a, a, a tool was used to harm people, to do bad, to, um, like I said, to harm people. Um, did, did that prevent me from becoming an aerospace engineer? Obviously not, right? I mean, I went to school for it. I'm still here. I learned how they worked. It didn't deter me, and it didn't make me think that airplanes themselves were evil, right? It was the people behind that. Um, that, that wanted to harm people. And that's ultimately anything that science develops, the phones that I'm, I'm recording this on right now that you're probably watching or listening to this podcast on. There's a, there's a lot of talk today about how they're evil and how the people, but it's, it's the intent. It's the, it's the context behind both the people that are developing it and the people that are using that device too. Um, you know, planes did start off as a, as a military tactic. So it's, it's, it's not like it was never used for a bad thing before, but, um, this is the, and the reason I bring this up is because this new technology that is about to come out, we've had the cell phones, right? Um, the smartphones, which have really, really, especially in, in, in the, the new world, if you will, where we're all in lockdown and, and, and we were getting even more addicted to it. It's, it's controlled and changed so much of our lives and probably will affect the development of human of humanity indefinitely um, in the near future. It doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. In fact, it seems to have accelerated our use of all this technology as we see it now, right? Neuralink is the next big step, right? And it's, it's really fascinating. I loved looking at it. And what I would recommend for everybody, if you want to learn, their website, Neuralink, N-E-U-R-A, linkcom they have a beautifully beautifully done website that has really nice simple but scientific explanations um and they and they go as deep as you really want to right they're showing you everything that they're they're developing um but just to for anyone who hasn't hasn't heard about Neuralink Neuralink is a device that's going to allow us to interface with the brain and allow us to control things with our minds and to also read the electronic signals that are going on in our brain and make sense of them and, and try and... Like, this is brand new science, an implantable chip, which it has, has its roots in science fiction, right? So this is the, one of the coolest things. This is not a new thing, you know, connecting your brain to uh, a computer, but then also, you know, the singularity, if you're familiar with that. Um, also, if, you know, Deep Space Nine, we've been watching a lot of Star Trek here. Um, and Vedic Barail, uh, in one of the episodes, um, 
he beca- he gets to a certain point where they have to put uh, this chip to to basically keep his brain and his body working. Um, and of course, the the theme there was that it took away his humanity. He wasn't the same person he was anymore. Um, but it was hilarious because that same view in that episode is like the same size. It's like a silver dollar, like a large coin size device. This is the first version of it that's that actually gets implanted into your skull, and these wires are embedded into the brain, uh, the cortex level, so the outer side. So we're talking, um, you know, uh, basically, I'm, I'm not a neuroscientist. Uh, this isn't my um, forte or my expertise. So I'm talking about this a little generally. Neuralink.com, if you want to learn more about it specifically, I'm just showing, sharing my excitement for it from an engineering perspective. And there's also a video that they did recently which really brought my attention to this. I've been following it because obviously uh, I, I like all the things that Elon Musk is working on for the most part and trying to you know, change the world and affect the world and make it a better place. This is one of those things. So to, to, to put it simply, it's an implantable device that allows us to interfa- interface with the brain, to not only understand it, but to help people. And I, and I love this on the homepage. It, that first image explains everything. The five things that they hope to accomplish with Neuralink in the beginning. Like what, what is the mission of Neuralink to start? It's to help us with things like blindness, deafness, paralysis, memory, and stroke. So people who are, are at a point where there really is no other solution for them, um, or it's a very long and tedious, and um, it changes their life forever, right? Neuralink is going to allow us to interface with the areas of the brain that we can augment and modify and well analyze the electrical signals the the paths of the neurons as they're as they're going through the body figure out ways to get them to refire right because we have electrical signals in our body so it 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 is really far in the future although now a lot closer but if we can use electricity in a safe way to influence the the electrical paths that are in the body or reintroduce paths that have been deteriorated or are no longer there that is a, a huge, huge game changer in what humanity can do. Now, the other thing, um, Elon Musk also has talked about uh, super artificial intelligence. Um, and, you know, we have AI now with things like Siri and, and, and Alexa and all those things. But the real AI that can potentially become sentient and could... Um, essentially move at a speed that we would be un- we we would only start to understand what the what the things that it was doing uh, we would only begin to understand that and at that point it would already be on to the next thing and that's essentially from a um, like how fast this can change we're talking very very fast and we are only able you know what we think and the way we process information from our brain is is pretty fast right at, at the speed of how fast electrical signals can travel the distance from wherever it is in our brain to our mouth to whatever and the idea is that the amount of time and process and energy and power that it takes to go from my brain what i'm actually thinking to to what the words you're hearing out in front of me right that are coming out of my mouth into this microphone being transferred through this podcast file into your like all of that is a lot of work to get that to to a point where you can actually understand me, although I hope I'm making sense right now. Uh, and essentially, we would be able to, at some point, big picture, talk 
and communicate with the artificial intelligence at the speed that we would need to, because the speed that that artificial intelligence is going to move and, and, and process information is way faster than we could ever speak to it or even type to it. So we, for our own safety, for humanity's safety, and to prevent anyone who is trying to manipulate that artificial intelligence technology, use that tool for battle for their own selfish purposes while leaving everyone else behind them, um, there's, there is a good reason to have this in the first place. But I really love that that is not the major driver of the technology in reality. The major driver of, of that technology in reality is to help people with blindness, deafness, paralysis, uh, memory loss, and stroke, uh, and complications from having a stroke. And um, like I said, watch the video. It's super fascinating. And it, it, it just like the whole point of, of me bringing and discussing uh, 9-11, what happened with the planes, it is a tool, right? So this Neuralink is a tool. Um, from what I see from the first steps of this, it looks really, really good. The purpose is sound. We have doctors and surgeons who are going to be helping these um, be, be help this procedure go through, right? It's not just a bunch of engineers who are trying to throw wires into a brain and, and get it to move. Like we've got the, the scientific, es, uh, the, the medical es, experts there. We also have behavioral science uh, that's being used right now to, to make sure that there is, there is, oh man. Uh, first of all, I'm nerding out because I'm really excited, but, but using positive reinforcement as, as a way to help secure good human behaviors. And also, um, so what I'm talking about here is they, they use pigs first to implant these uh, neural links originally. Um, and it was really cool. They showed uh, one pig that had the, the neural link insert, um, had, the, had the device, looked fine enough. You know, it didn't look like it was super stressed out. It looked healthy relatively. Again, I'm not an expert on pigs, but that, that was kind of the idea they were showing. And then there was another pig where they had actually taken the device out. I think it was Gertrude, um, was the name of the pig. Um, but for instance, great. Okay. They could have used uh, this device on a pig, but I think a lot of us go to kind of that extreme weird scientist or, or even like the way that animals are treated in the the food industry at at the really big level where they're thrown in cages and it's awful um there they seem to not they seem to be having a very very focused effort on let's have this we want to make sure that people are happy when they have this we don't want to just throw a device into people's heads we want to do this i would argue the right way and that's what was really cool about all of this is that the focus of this tool that's being used seems to be used for good to start. So, the, so you know, you don't have that uh, strange thing where it's used originally to make a bunch of money. It's used for selfish reasons. And then somehow someone figures out later that it's, it could be used for good. Um, I really like where this is going. Uh, and uh, there's, a, there's a lot of great stuff that could come from the future of this. Um, but there's also a lot of uh, this could eventually be used in the future uh, in ways that are not so good. So uh, part of the reason of, for me bringing this up is also to get you thinking about this. What are the ways that this could be manipulated uh, in, in a wrong way? We need to start 
developing a conversation around that because I can guarantee once, I mean, it's already taken off. Neuralink has already taken off. It's already at a, at a tremendous point. If I was an end, if, if my engineering and my passion was in this, was in Neuralink and neuroscience and, and developing this kind of technology, that demonstration would have sucked me in. And that was the, their whole idea. They're trying to recruit. They're trying to bring and interest people, some of the best minds or people that are just super passionate about it um, and are, are willing to learn. That's what that demonstration was. And man, did it, it definitely got me firing on, on wanting to learn more about it. Um, but there's, there is a lot of manipulation and there's a lot of uh, behavioral control that could happen from this. Um, I mean, one of the hilarious things is obviously our phones glitch, right? So sometimes you may download an update and your phone goes down uh, or it's just sluggish and it sucks because there's some bug, there's some routine that wasn't bugged out completely or, or, or whatever it is. Um, we don't really want that with our brains, right? <laughs> you don't want the neural link to be misfiring or, or possibly, you know, sending a, a lower frequency than it should be sending. Um, th- th- these are the types of issues you may run into, um, with something like this. Uh, and then there's obviously the, we don't know much about the brain, but this kind of a device allows us to learn about the electrical signals interfacing with the brain at a level that's never been done before to see patterns of not only behavior, but of, of how different brains work, how, how the human brain is, um, is used. And once you know that, I mean, look what's happening with our data in today's world, right? Um, look at the, the, the jump in advertising that has happened where, you, you might have a conversation somewhere with somebody, but an app has access to your microphone, here's a specific word, targets ads specifically for you, and then all of a sudden, you were talking about toilet paper the other day with your friend because you're wondering if, you know, you're like, hey, did, you know, I, I, I need some more. <laughs> it's a weird example, I, but in today's world, it's not. Um, I heard Georgia still doesn't have toilet paper. Is that true? I hope, I hope that's not true. If you guys need toilet paper, oh my God, I really hope you get toilet paper. But... The point is, the ads can now target that for you because they, they heard that you're talking about it, which means you must be interested in it, or that you could be at the point where you might want to buy. They'll put an ad in front of you that's for that. That is, that is just with the Apple, that is just not just Apple, but just with the smartphone device that we have in our, in our basically on us all the time, right? What happens when they can see how you react to different things? They get to see what your what the things are that make your brain do something. And then they can, through behavioral science and through understanding the patterns, basically make you think, incept an idea that's your idea. <laughs> and they, they barely had to do anything other than know how to, how to nudge you the right way through knowing how your brain works. These are the types of things that we need to look out for for the future. And it's not enough for me to say we shouldn't do this because there is a lot of good, but there is a conversation that has to be had around how much control do we give the people on the other side of that device? And is that information on that side of the device protected? Um, I think there's definitely a big conversation that, that should be had nowadays um, about uh, the data that we all have. I, I think we all signed up for something no one really understood, even the people that made the contracts that we just clicked yes on for all these different things. Um, 
and and we're seeing more and more that it's just an invasion of our privacy. Now that those are my opinions. Um, happy to have a discussion more about about that with you, or to hear your opinions and uh, your side of it. But um, this this is a strange place that the world and and humanity is going. But um, I think it's really important. I think understanding the brain is going to help us. I mean, we don't even access we don't even access most of our brain, and and I I think we've been stuck in a in a a pattern of the the every human, you know, the the average person, or or the the amalgamation of all the data we have on human beings and making it into a human being example. That's not really what one you know an individual looks like. So, anyways, I'm ranting a lot here. I would love to know your thoughts. I would love for you to watch that video, uh, get excited by it, um, and t- and 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 reach out. You know, like I said, today in space pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Facebook page today in space podcast our our email us today in space podcast at gmail.com uh, we'd be happy to hear your read your responses too if 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 you guys uh, send them in so please do that um some ways in space that I think the something like this could help out with tremendously um it, it, the next level of of um human spacecraft integration right um being able to understand the information that's coming from the spacecraft i mean one of the cool things we saw with the crew dragon spacecraft is that tethering right that tether that goes from the the spacex suits to the chair which then goes into the the spacecraft itself which allows you know if there is some kind of decompression event it's going to regulate everything so that uh the 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 astronauts on board are still safe they're still in the pressurized suits and the regulation is still happening i'm sure there's some kind of redundancies um but that kind of integration is happening today what happens when we can connect the 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 brain of the astronauts the pilot with the spacecraft itself. What could we do with that? Where could we go with that? Um, long-term space, uh, long-distance space travel, um, an integration with the with the artificial intelligence that will probably inevitably be on board to run different operations, to uh, probably keep a behavioral program. Right? It, it, I, I would assume that long-distance space travel is going to be de- uh, detrimental to to mental health if if uh, actions and proactive things aren't done to give us the types of things. I mean, we felt that, right? We've talked about this um, since the pandemic started. I think we've all gotten a taste of that um, from the amount of time we have to spend away from people or just what this uh, issue has divided us on. I mean, there is a there is a, a humanity that we're like missing out on. I joke that um, I have to get my human quota in for the week. You know, I have to, I have to see people so I don't get weird. <laughs> Although I think it's too late for that. Um, the, the, but, but the thing that it can do from, from that perspective, from a colony perspective, right? If we're, we're in a colony on, on Mars or the moon, um, there's going to be some operations that would be very, very important for us. Um, one of the other things that can come from Neuralink is the ability to be able to, um, send electrical signals to the eye, which can then project, uh, a, a, a HUD display, uh, basically think like uh, like the Iron Man view, right? Where you can see a display in front of you. You could see different things like heart rate. You could see your the latest email that you got. Um, you could be uh, basically following instructions. Let's say, let's say that you're 
um, on a colony. Let's say for whatever reason there's some devastating thing that happens, and now you need to do some kind of you know you're you're locked out from the rest of of the colony, but you're in the one area where you're able to access the panel, which allows you to reactivate I don't know say the power grid, which then allows you to get the um, the life support online. You know, you know this scenario, and you're not trained on that. They could pull up the computer could pull up or you could access a VR or AR, I'm not, I guess VR, AR, augmented reality, right? Where it would show you the step-by-step. It would like do a, a, an exploded view of all the parts. It would show you exactly what you need to turn, how to turn it, and it would take you step-by-step through that procedure. So you don't even have to be an expert. You just have to follow the instructions that have already been made. And then you could pull that up right there. So there's a lot of amazing things that can happen from uh, this integration of a Neuralink. It can, it can take us to a whole other level of how we access information. Um, but we, uh, as I, I try to do here, we try to do this about the space program, about what comes next, like where are we going? Um, those ideas are a lot of fun, and this is a, is a true today aspect of, wow, it's really soon, and we've got to figure out Let's start thinking about it now so that by the time it inevitably gets weird, we've already got some things. We've already understand it a little bit better. It doesn't become magic. And so, so the science doesn't go so far past you that it looks like it's wizardry and that you, then you start making up some really weird stuff about you know, you, that's really part of your fear of the thing and anxiety and paranoia. Um, Try it. This is just helps us stay locked in, so we don't get uh, tricked into thinking that it's something that it isn't. Uh, and knowing it helps us solve any problems from the future. I mean, I think thinking about this too from a positive perspective, it gives us the ability to look at what other good this could do. Um, so there is there is a lot of great promise with it, but just like anything else, it is a tool, and we have to uh, we have to understand how we're using that. Uh, and and be cognizant of that because that that issue will always come back. I mean, smartphones great tool, but there's also some some weird stuff that comes along with it. And had we been on top of this a little bit sooner about understanding what data was really being taken from this and why all these Silicon Valley types had little uh, things over their cameras, now we understand a little bit better that this data was always coming uh, from from these devices. We're only now learning about it. So, uh, weird episode, I'm sure. <laughs> but I'm really, I'm really glad to uh, talk about this, and I would love to hear from you again. Please feel, feel free to reach out. We'd love to hear your, uh, your ideas and your thoughts on this here on the show. We'd love to share them. Um, so, again, todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com, uh, todayinspacepod on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find us there. Uh, we hope that we can uh, uh, get us to a point where we're all a little bit smaller, smarter. We all understand a little bit more science. We don't have to be experts or, or, or specialists, but just understanding the big picture of what could come. That's why I wanted to bring up Neuralink this week. I also wanted to um, send my love and my thoughts to anyone that was affected by uh, the the events of September 11th um, and and just hope that uh, you keep their memories with you and, and, and that we, we look to the future to, to make the world a better place so that less people want to hurt other people. 
um, or at the very least that we can come together and protect each other uh, just like we did after that terrible, terrible event. I've never seen us as, I mean, that might be the last time I've seen, uh, especially in America, because that's all I can talk about, um, come together uh, to, 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 to solve a problem that, that we didn't expect, no one expected. Um, we, I, 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 I wish that we have more uh, teamwork, so that's what we're working on. <laughs> We're working on that. Working on myself first, because if I if I don't work on myself, how can I expect anyone else to work on on them on their selves? Um, and that's it, folks. Uh, take care of yourself. Drink water. Rest up. Um, get ready for another week and for a very very strange future that we will have in the very near um, decade. I think is going to get really weird in the next decade. But here's the 2030s. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. Again, uh, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to tell your friends about us. Um, next week, we will have uh, the uh, so two people that I had a really great time talking to, uh, Elliot and Xander Weaver of Eliander Pictures, um, the creators of the movie Cosmos, uh, their first feature film. Um, we've talked about it here in the podcast. If you checked out our, our Instagram today in Space Pod, we've talked about it too. Um, we get to talk about that with them on people of science and discuss what made them make a movie about, about space and about, you know, looking for, uh, life and astronomy and, and all, uh, all of that stuff about being an aerospace engineer, what made them want to make that and, uh, their passion, where did it come from and, and where are they going? So, uh, really great talk. Look in for that. Um, our, Etsy shop, ag3dprinting.etsy.com. If you're looking for a fun gift for either yourself or a friend, um, your board games. Um, but we also take requests. So if there's something you're looking for, if it gives you any ideas, feel free to reach out to us. We're happy to design that. And then you've got a great gift. Uh, and you help support the podcast. Right? A little work for me, a little work from you. We get this going. It's nice and easy. But anyways, uh, have a great week. Uh, thanks for listening once again for Today in Space. We'll see you next week. Live long and prosper. Be well. Spread love and spread science. See you next time.